Daily news, breaking updates, and exclusive podcasts. iTricks.com. Hello and welcome to the uh, to the last iTrix Magic Weekend review of the year. This is Michael Lauk here in the in the captain's chair, as it were, with a very special guest. He needs no introduction. His voice is going to say it all. Hi, it's me. I'm back. He's back. Everybody's like, "Where's Justin been? What's Justin doing?" Sir- Here's my thing. So yeah. The, so the other day. Yeah. I'm I'm on the iTunes, right? Okay. I'm try like I don't know what I'm buying, like Ashley Tisdale's version of Last Christmas or something. <laughs> and uh hey, don't laugh at that. Love me some Ashley Tisdale. No. And uh you are you are you are a big cuddly man. Hey. Um but uh what's looking at me? What's right there uh, on iTunes is a uh, tool to talk. Yeah. You're you're just like tearing it up with that, you and Mr. Brushwood. Well, yeah, no, we released our comedy album, our, our latest, our third studio comedy album, and uh, it's done really well. I'm, I'm very excited by it, uh, and and uh, and yeah, but but you know, listen, there's there's still people that you know will will let me know that, that they first heard me and heard of me on on the Magic Week and Review podcast on this very podcast, and it's just one of those things where you know. When when I was doing the podcast every week, I was writing the website every week, and you know I, I knew uh, I knew what the hell I was talking about. You know now I, I think the the best the best man for the job is you. You are doing an amazing job writing the site, and uh, I think you do an amazing job with the podcast. So uh, it, it's it's always uh, it's always awesome. It's always very very awesome to uh, to see uh, that that everything kind of marches on and and. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad to stop in every once in a while so people can remember the good old days. But, uh, but I think I think everybody's in good hands. Well, well, I appreciate those kind words. Um, let me let me ask you if people people still uh, remember you. If they're like, "Hey, heard you from my tricks." Do people come up and they're like, "Dude, show me a trick." Um, uh, I mean, there are some people who do think I'm, I'm, I'm a magician, but nobody, I think, who listens to the podcast because I was very anybody listened to the podcast, I think, kind of knew that I was not a magician, that I just covered the magic industry. That was like kind of the shtick, right? So uh, I don't think any podcast listeners necessarily, and, and now that's kind of gone away because I don't, like, the because iTricks isn't, like, uh, the, the number one thing that people would know me for anymore. But certainly when I was writing the site, absolutely. Uh, did you feel obligated? Did you ever learn a trick? Did you have, oh, do you have no, one tucked that, away? That was in the bit. That would be a bit. No, I would. I mean, people, uh, you still, you, you still have to have that reserve. Like, what if you meet that special lady and she's like, "Dude, magic turns me on," and you're like, "Oh man, what the? How for a bit? Now I don't have a trick uh, when I need one." No, 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 no. That's number one. I, I just got engaged to a girl that was into magic, and I think easily the, uh, the, the, the most, the best way I could impress her was by not doing a magic trick for her. Um, but uh, you know, no. This I mean, this was the I. I mean, that, that's like the the 
that the idea is that I am somebody who doesn't do magic and uh, and, and covers the industry, you know, and and I think that kind of was like a a, a bit of a, a a tagline, but I don't know. I mean, like I, I've always liked, I've always appreciated magic as an art. You know, I appreciate painting as an art, but I don't paint. You know, dude. I think my eyes are bleeding now because 98% of guys in the magic are in relationships or married to women who just hate magic. And yeah. Dude, and how do you get like one of the few out there who are into it? That's life is not fair. I mean, you know, life ain't about magic. <laughs> well, even people who do it, you know, I would say it's just, you know, it's, well, I mean, here's the thing. It's like you can share a common interest and you can share common stuff, but I think and this is something that we uh, we went over a bunch when we used to when I used to do the show is like magic's not your personality. You know, magic's a thing you do, and I think that's where a lot of people kind of uh kind of get get tripped up is is when you know, you're really good and you really practice hard at magic and, and, and you learn a bunch of stuff and you, and you are tight and it, it, it looks good and your patter's down and everything. And then you, you feel like, all right, well, that's it. Well, there we go. I'm the guy who does that thing. And, and, and you know, I think that's that's where, you know, if, if, if with Ashley, you know, uh, she would go to magic clubs and, all people would do because she was the only chick at the magic club is do magic tricks for her. So it's like, all right. I mean, I guess that, that would, that would certainly not make me very unique. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everything has that though. I mean, you know, you get any group in there, there's going to be some people who are like, there's the car guy. And that's like all he talks about. That's all he, he knows about. And he, he doesn't, so. he doesn't know your name. He just knows what you drive. You know. Well, the thing is that magic is powerful on a level that just a a hobby like having a car is not. You know, magic is psychologically powerful. Uh, you are taking somebody on a on 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 a journey. You are uh, you are introducing a puzzle, a fascinating puzzle in front of them that has power. It just doesn't have all the power. You know. Like it, it is, it is at the end of the day an artifice, no matter how compelling. We are, uh, we're getting deep awfully quick here this this time. That's all I do. This, this is why we can't have I, you on too much. It's like here's what I want to know. So I want like I am I'm, I'm the publisher, or I guess I don't know, editor. editor. I guess I guess, yeah. Uh, you are I, – I feel like you are the editor in all but title. Uh, but I, I, I need I need you to walk me through the year that was in Magic. What, year, what to you is the biggest story of 2014, the Magic year? Um, it, dude, it, I said it like a million times this year. This was the year of Magic. I mean I think that's its story is that, is that you, you couldn't – um, you know, throw a brick without hitting a magician in the head, it seems like, because uh, you got Matt Franco winning um, America's Got Talent. You have uh, magic television shows in America like crazy from, from you know, uh, 
Andrew Maines, don't trust Andrew Maine and the Carbonaro effect and, you know, and, and then jumping out of cable and uh, for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I actually could sit down and have a choice of magic television shows to watch on a given night and have to go, oh, what am I going to watch and what am I going to tape? Yeah. It's crazy. What do you think is going to be the legacy of it? You know, is is it going to be something that brings us more of that kind of television? Do you feel that the television was 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 I mean, it, was, was it uh, good enough to inspire people? Well, I think uh, the short term answer is is yeah. There's definitely more coming. Um, Penn and Teller's Fool Us, which is of course a, f- a few years old was shot across the pond, um, has been on the internet forever. I mean, it's just there, full episodes, outtakes, everything's there. Um, Somehow that made it to American network television, albeit not a huge network. (laughs) It's the CW, but still, network television. Counts. And and was successful enough that they are actually making the show. They are doing a second season. Which does not exist. They're they're going to produce a new, a new version of Penn and Teller's Fool Us. It's going to be in America. You know what? They haven't really said anything. I'm guessing it's it's going to be actually in Vegas. That just makes more sense. And I'm guessing you know. And this is like I said, I have no insight to this at all. There's really just been a press release about it, and that's it. But but my guess is that. If you're an executive at CW and now you're poning up the money to make this, Jonathan Ross is not your first choice for an American audience. No. You know, as a host. And um, and I'm guessing, yeah, it'll, it'll actually be in Vegas this time around and, and have somebody, you know, a little bit more familiar to American viewers and, and the CW. Um, so so there, there's that. You know uh, who I think would be a good host? Who do you think would be a good host? Lance Burton, dude, I don't think I, I agree with you. All right, um, I don't think that's going to happen for a whole bunch of reasons. I, I'm sure it won't, but hear me out. I think Lance Burton would be a good host. I think Lance has got charisma to burn. I think Lance knows television. Lance certainly knows Penn and Teller, and you know if if there was an element of the original fool us that I I thought, you know, where where Jonathan Ross, who is amazing and I love was maybe a little bit of a mismatch was it was odd that he was just kind of always fooled. Right. Because it, it kind of always gave you this weird sense of like, well, if I'm a viewer that doesn't know magic, I don't know whether or not that's good. You know, well, but at the same time, if you have a magician and then these magician judges, um, you know, is that going to alienate you as a viewer to sit there and watch it and be like, why does everybody get this but me? <laughs> you know? Like, no, I don't. I mean, because the host isn't your entry point, the host is your guide, but the crypt keeper was your guide on Tales from the Crypt. You know, you didn't relate to the crypt keeper, you related to the characters in the story. And the the people that are out there on the stage, I think they're your entry point. 
they're the ones who are sweating. They're the ones who have the video package that are like, well, if I don't make Penn and Teller fooled, then I guess I'm back to homelessness. Uh, you know, they're, they're your story. So uh, I guess my, my only thought would be I would almost like it better if it were, oh, you're now you go into this magic realm, you know, and you have to prove to the wizards, you know, uh, how how things are done. And then that way, I don't know. And, and listen, maybe Lance Burton isn't the guy. I'm just spitballing here. But uh, I, I also I think I just want more Lance. I feel like, like, you know, Lance Lance is doing his movie and everything. And I think that's pretty rad. And he seems very happy to not be on stage at the Tropicana every single day. Um but I think he's he's just uh he's 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 a personality. I think I would just like to see more of. Uh, to here, let me. Okay, Lance Burton has my favorite Twitter account. All right, because if you follow Lance Burton, you might occasionally get a little bit of magic. Might be like, hey, hanging out with Matt King or whatever. But what you're gonna get every day is what the internet is all about: pictures of puppies and kittens. Just yeah. like crazy pictures of puppies and kittens, and uh, you know, hey, there's there's nothing wrong with that. He he does he's very into the animals, but but it's like just every day. It, it, Lance, I, I think it's hilarious that Lance Burton has the Twitter account that my 11 year old daughter would have if I let her have a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and then he also says he's, he's on Sundays he likes to watch NFL football, but I have no idea what his team is. He always just says I'm watching football. And not like I'm watching, you know, the the Titans or whatever, you well, know. Being from Kentucky, right, and when, you know, and how long he's been in Vegas, because there wasn't Titans when he left it, to be a close team. Yeah, I mean, he, he might just be one of those people that's not super tied to any, like he might be more of a college guy, really. And then you just watch. Well, nobody says NFL football. Yeah, That's yeah, what... yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like he's Saturday. He's watching, you know, boom, the University of Kentucky, and then Sunday he's watching the NFL. Well, but that's the thing is, like, he never says that, though, right? And that's what's always head scratching to me. Although maybe uh, now I'm wrapped up in the idea that Lance Burton is like Magic's uh, Floyd Mayweather, and he's just watching NFL games and putting, you know, quarter million dollar bets on the over in the fourth quarter. That's that's right. He's 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 watching from 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 uh, the the booking in Vegas. And he's no, got, he's got a guy. He's watching, he's he's got watching, a guy that runs it in. He's no, got a, no. A he's he's going the there so he can watch every game at once. He's got he's got his own he's got Lance Burton's money team you know he's got he's got a dude who brings duffel bags down to the the the, the Rio and picks up his uh, winnings and cash. Nice. So yeah, now now my new obsession is you know next time I'm playing fantasy football is the guy who's kicking my butt actually Lance Burton. You never <laughs> know. At any given time, he might strike. That's right. Uh, all right. So so magic on television was certainly huge. Uh, describe to me how, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how big a magician winning America's Got Talent is in 2014. Dude, that's a now you're putting me on the spot. Cause let me just say, I I, I didn't know Matt Franco before. Um, I interviewed him. For the show, I talked to him. He's a really nice guy. 
Um, I heard nothing but good things about him. Um, and so, so I don't want to like, you, you know, this is not a reflection of him in any way, shape or form. Oh, no, no. That, that's a that's a tremendous achievement. Right. And by the way, it's not all about magic. You know, uh, if you are to win America's Got Talent at any stage in any year, you need to connect to a, a very broad audience on a human level. And that is maybe a more rare skill than uh, than, than a lot of people realize, because it's not just about you know, whether or not you can do a trick well. It's not whether or not you can select your tricks well, although that's an absolutely crucial element of of making your way through that tournament. You need to be able to look into the camera and have, you know, a a four-quadrant audience, a family audience, young men, young women, old men, old women, look back at you and say, I want that person to succeed. I am going to pick up the phone and call that number you, you, that he split my family you know you know that um I, oh. told, I told him that when he was on yeah because like he was on and smoothini is on and i've known smooth for a long time right yeah smooth is my boy um i i think i i could be wrong in this but i think when smoothini was first on itrix and all that years ago it's because i was like hey man you guys should talk to my buddy smooth yeah. um Highly likely. Yeah, you know, so Smoothini's on and Matt Franco's on, and my kids take to Matt Franco big time, uh, you know, to the point where they're, like, creating Google accounts and stuff so they can vote extra for him. And, um, and, and it, yeah, it, it, he, he definitely he definitely made that connection. And, you know, yeah, he's, he, he actually caused America's Got Talent division in my family. Um, all that being said, though, I'm <laughs> – how many how many winners of America's Got Talent can you name other than Matt Franco? I can name one. Well, Terry Fader, obviously. That would be the one. Okay. Um and from there I can be and like set of dogs. Something dogs. And that's what what I could do. I could be like something dogs. No, that's it. It was the Oletta dogs. I can name the Oletta dogs. Okay. Uh, you know, and and even beyond, which is the year before, so that's like not that long oh, ago. Dog. Sorry, I, I screwed up the name. The Unleaded Dogs. <laughs> what? They're dogs, right? But yeah. you know, there's there's the opera singer guy one. There was the black dude that sung like Sinatra. I think one. You know, I mean, it kind of gets like to that. Like I, I can't really, you know, and a lot of the things you can name from America's Got Talent are the people w- will kick out. They didn't win. Yeah. Um, uh, Jackie Ivanko didn't win. Um, th- you know things like that. Now, who did win? Some guy that year. I don't remember who it was. Matt something. Yeah. I think maybe um, he had a hat. I remember that. Um, so, so on the one hand, it's big that like magic came through on America's Got Talent. On the other hand, you know Terry Fader has become a legitimate, real star running with what he got from America's Got Talent. Um, you know, he's, he's a powerhouse in Vegas. He has a huge show and everything. Did he blow ventriloquism up because of that? I I don't know. You know, I I mean, there was that weird, there was that weird boom though. Right. Because it was like him 
And then there, wasn't there another like ventriloquist? Jeff Dunham somebody? is like on Jeff Dunham. Dunham. Yeah, him and him and Jeff Dunham kind of came up at the same time. But I take your point. I, I guess it's great for Matt Franco, without a doubt, right? And especially depending on what Matt Franco wants to do with it. If you look at the example of like Collins Key, right? Collins Key went. He took all that. He took mainstream watching on television attention and turned like invested all of that back into YouTube, you know, yep. uh, went forward full bore with the YouTube stuff uh, and, and now has given himself a lot of options uh, in terms of, uh, of of using that market. He was very smart in how he used that attention Um yeah, do you know how many YouTube subscribers he has? Mm, I, I'm going to look it up. But oh, I'm no, gonna, I can tell you yes, because we, we yes, actually posted yes. something of his yesterday. So uh, he's, uh, I am going to say he has 750,000 YouTube subscribers. Actually, it's it's only about a third of that. Really? Really. Really. But he's constantly putting out um, – uh, video, they are constantly repeating that video on Twitter and on on other things, and um, you know, I, I'm sure he has many more people actually watching what he does. But but y- y- what's up, guys? It's well, Colin. I'm sorry, there dude. It was him. Is he there with you? No, it's his YouTube. It automatically oh. started playing. Uh, so yeah, a little over a quarter million for Collins Key. By the way. Not anything to to, to 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 squint at, you know. He's doing very very well for himself. Yeah, I we got like eleven so. with Demi Lovato. You know, that's that's a huge, awesome, uh, a huge awesome thing for 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 what he has done for himself. And a lot of that came from America's Got Talent, or was helped by America's Got Talent. So, you know, for for Matt. Franco, Matt Franco wants to go out and play colleges. He is now put in a tremendous, uh, a better position. If Matt Franco wants to do more television, he is put in a good position because he can go into a, you know, into into a pitch meeting. He can go to a a production company and say, "Look, somebody put me on television already, and I connected with a very broad audience," and so. It's proof is in the pudding. You know, he's going to have an easier time getting on there, getting on television than somebody who did not have that same experience and has not been on television before. You know, so I think it's it's good, but I don't know. In 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 a way, you can look at America's Got Talent and say, well, it's a little long in the tooth. It's been around for a while. Uh, I can't really name a whole lot of, uh, you know, a huge, gigantic winners. Then again, you could say the same thing for higher profile reality shows like The Voice or America's Got Talent or something, right? But at the same time, I feel like for magic, for all the options that would be available to a magician in 2010 or 2009 when the show was possibly more in in vogue in, in the popular culture – I think the options for for the magician who wins is about the same. Yeah, well, okay, here's a couple things. 
we're we're I'm gonna I'm gonna rail on America's Got Talent now. <laughs> hey, watch, uh, man. No, you know that we have people like that. That I, I know. That are, I know. We have friends. I, I friends know. beside. I know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna. Late dogs. I'm, I'm I got th- the wrong twice. It is the Olate dog. O l a t e dogs. Uh, they're no longer listening. <laughs> but uh, uh, here's my thing with America's Got Talent. First of all, I I think it is in its way just as relevant as uh, some of you know what you coined the higher profile shows uh, like that. I mean, it 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 doesn't overcrowd itself you know like the other day i turned on the tv and i I saw that like survivor was finishing season 30 how did that happen yeah it's not because because the first season was on when i was graduating high school dude the first the first season was not on 30 years ago though the first season you know yeah to a year right they 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 cranked out multiple seasons and and american idols done that and other shows do that America's Got Talent, out to its credit, it's a summer show. It's it remained one of the top, you know, viewed shows of the summer. It it didn't technically win ratings, but when you look at raw audience scores, it was like the highest viewed show of the summer again. It's a, it's a big show. It's a huge show. And and I actually, I'm not even going to rail on America's Got Talent. I'm going to rail on NBC. Um, what I see though is like I was sitting the other night and uh, there's this, Chris. Uh, Quick, just so we can we can keep it in in the realm of numbers. Total viewers for uh, the September seventeenth uh, edition of America's Got Talent, which is the season finale, was twelve point twenty one million viewers. That was the best of the night. Right, uh, being the Mysteries of Laura series premiere. Right, right, and we all know how huge that's gotten. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> But but I'm watching Christmas specials, you know, come on the other night, and it seems to me that if NBC wanted to get behind America's Got Talent a little more, and it's America's Got Talent winners a little bit more, they could be putting them, you, you, you like, there could be a little bit more opportunity there, and and that's one of the unfortunate things I think. And when you say, you know, what's it mean for for a magician to win America's Got Talent? I'm not sure that it means as much as it should. Wow. You want to know what? I'm going to go ahead and offer a big fat apology to America's got talent. Cause I went to go, I went ahead and said, Oh, look at the voice. The voice is a, is a higher rated show. Their finale pulled in 12.7 million viewers. That's, that's uh that's, that's, that's a little bit more, but that's the same neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, tell you what, America's Got Talent's a powerhouse. It, it is. It's a huge. It's a big show. It, it really is. And um, and it, like I said, it just seems to me that that NBC could do a little bit more with with what they create. You know, with the people that that come out of that. So, I, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think there might actually be more opportunity from the fact that Neil Patrick Harris is going to have a variety show next year. Um, so yeah. let's go ahead and look forward. Let's look forward into 2015. Do you think that's the biggest magic story of 2015? If you had to bet, hmm, that's a good question, man. Um, 
I don't yeah, ooh, I don't know. I, it it might be the highest profile, but uh, the fact that the CW is making new episodes of Penn and Teller's Fool Us, which is going to put magicians in front of American audiences every week. Um, the fact that at the same time, uh, sci-fi is going to have Wizard Wars back on, uh, doing the same thing. Um, I, I think, I think the biggest story for magicians might actually be in, in one of those. I, I, I don't know how much, you know, control NPH is going to, is going to get over his show, um, just partially due to the format, you know. Uh, even if he has a lot of guests, he's going to have to have singers on. He's going to have to have, you know, um, uh, you know. I envision in my head to totally be like the Donnie and Marie uh, variety show <laughs> from the seventies yeah. back, you know. Um, and and I, you know, I, I'm old enough that I remember that kind of last gasp of family friendly variety shows, the Mandrell Sisters. And Donnie and Marie, and you know, to a certain extent, uh, Sonny and Cher, and Hee Haw. Yep. yep. You know, and 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 I and I just have to look at that and go, you know, I don't know that there there's going to be that much room when there's going to be shows that are nothing but here's magicians, here's magicians. So so I, I think that the pen so we are so we are looking all right, and and we are looking at. At, at at from the, from the magician's viewpoint, like like you know, for for you know, the Neil Patrick Harris's show could be higher rated than both those other two shows, but we are looking at it on what gets the magic industry talking more. But let me ask you this: Is there a fatigue? And I don't mean in the show itself, the quality of the show itself, but. There are only so many magicians in America in existence, right? Like, and, and there are new ones being minted all the time. But I always like to joke that it, it, it's an industry 25 people wide. You know, that the quickest way to tell a magician is lying is to ask him if he knows another magician. And if he says no, he's lying to you because – Everybody knows everybody because it's not hard to know everybody. Everybody has seen a video of somebody somewhere. Now, if you have had a few generations of this, of, of magic television between Fool Us and Wizard Wars and stuff like that, is there a fatigue in terms of the quality of Magician on the show? Um, okay. I, uh, just simply because there's not that many of them. No, because there's way more than you think. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I do know. I, I'm gonna tell you right now that, that right. there's way more than you think. Um, first of all, why do you think, particularly fool us? Uh, why do you think that it's going to be limited to drawing magicians from America? Um, it, it's it's going to be a big opportunity, you know. Uh, for for people to come in and try to say, boom, I beat I beat Penn and Teller, you know. Sure, for the same reason that the UK version of Fool Us featured magicians from the UK. That's why, right? 
but because they don't have the budget to fly people in. Well, hold on a second. Um, I don't know that, that or maybe that's... they got the budget, but like it just you know you want to put Americans on the American show where American audiences are going to watch a bunch of Americans succeed or fail. Um, all right, here's the deal with that though. Part of the attraction I am betting to the CW making new episodes of Fool Us is that they can then sell the new episodes of Fool Us to the rest of the world. Yeah, and, that's that, and, that's that's icing on the cake. That's it, second. It, it is icing on the cake, but you gotta you gotta realize, man, that there are places that are crazy magic hungry. Korea is putting out a, a huge amount of talent. Japan, yeah, and, China, China's building a damn magic city. They're building magic city. They're like, we're gonna take down Vegas. But that's, that's huge, right? And that's gigantic. And they make their own. Like they're so hungry for it, they make their own, and they don't. And it's more compelling to local audiences in Japan, Korea, and China. If it's it's uh, Japanese, Korean, or Chinese people that are living and dying, you know, doing magic in the same way that it is more interesting to American audiences if Americans are doing it. And, when, and, when, and wait, wait, wait! When I was in China, when I was in China, I could turn on the television. I I did every day. I was there for three weeks working. Every day, I turned on the television. And at some point, I came across magic, and it was not locally made magic. It was package shows from Europe and America. I saw David Copperfield specials, you know, that I hadn't seen since I was a kid on Chinese television. I mean, I, I understand. I'm just I mean, saying. that's what that's what Masters of Illusion, you know, that's what they do is is they chop that up and, and throw it in, and, in these shows. And, so, and I, I don't doubt it, and I know that's true. I'm just saying that the American broadcast network that will put money into making this will be making it for an American audience. And if it can sell it foreign afterward, then that will be a cool thing that they will like to do. Right. But what, what I'm but, saying but is there, that, there is a very stiff hierarchy of priorities. Right. But what I'm saying is now that we know there's going to be a season. See, it's one of the things about Fool Us is Fool Us came around the first time and it's a British show, which means it was made for like $13. Um, oh, come on. Attacking uh, Channel 4's budget? What? What? Dude. I don't know. Being realistic. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 13 pounds then, fine. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's not a huge budget show. It was probably shot fairly quickly. Um, you know, they didn't put a huge amount into it uh, because they just don't do that in, you know, in that country, the way that things happen here. Now that it's been announced in advance, people know what it is. Um whether there's a budget to fly you in or not, if you can if you can hook yourself into being on Penn and Teller's Fool Us and you are a magician in Korea, it very well is probably worth getting your own butt to Vegas to perform. I mean, yeah, no, maybe, but you can't count on that, right? Um I think yeah, actually I think you kinda can. No, not. I mean, Mike. What I'm saying is, is that you will have a few, sure, and there will be a few that see that. But it, it is, it is, it is a a limiting factor. Well, right? yeah, but you're like, you're asking me is is the well going to run dry? And I'm no, saying, I'm not saying is the well going to run dry. I'm saying is there fatigue? 
No, well, no, and that's the other thing that I was going to get into is it's still a summer show. It's still a summer show. It's still only a few episodes. It's still something you're watching because uh, the good wife or the – I was going to name a sitcom, but I don't honestly know any sitcoms that are on television anymore. Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me put it in a different way. You are, you are a fan of, uh, of, of MMA, right? Uh, fan and participant, yes. Fan and participant. You are well aware of it. It is an industry that you have knowledge of, right? Yes, sir. All right. At a certain point, UFC made a decision that they were not just going to be about fight supercards, that they were going to put a lot of UFC product on cable television. They had to put a lot of people in a lot of spots so they can get a lot of cable money. Do you believe that there is a fatigue to the UFC product now considering how many events they have to put on for television compared to where it was five years ago when you could stack super pay-per-view cards? I think there is for the UFC. However, I don't think there is a fatigue for MMA. Um, so, uh, you know, because, because local organizations are, are growing. Um, there are other places, many other places to see fights. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. Well, what, what I'm saying is not interest. What I'm saying is not interest, right? When I say fatigue, right. I don't mean that people will I become don't... less interested in it. I just mean that, and not to say that, that all, all these people are not super talented, but there's a difference between camera ready and ready for television five years in versus camera ready, ready for television two years in, right? There's a difference between 10 years in, 15 years in, 20 years in. There is a, a, a difference and there are only so many people that exist now. I don't think that it's going to make these products worse in this round, right? I think it will be good, but I do think, you know, listen, man, you know, we're both friends with, with, with Rick Lax, the producer of, of Wizard Wars on Facebook, right? right? Are you friends with Rick on Facebook? Uh, Facebook and, and shoot him emails and... Sure, yeah. Make fun of him. He is hungry for people to come on Wizard Wars. You know, because he's got to shoot the show. Right. He's got to do the show. He's got to have people be able to come out to L.A. and do it. You know, and there's there's a lot of, of of limiting factors that go into that. Can you take the time off? Can you come out? Do you have the, you know, do you, do you, do you want to go ahead and, and, and take that time to do it? Like, it, it's, you know, he is he's out there asking for it. And he needs to. He's the producer of the show. He's got to make sure people are on it. Uh but it's it's not like there's just an obvious list of people that you would that you would go to, you know, like he's he's got to hustle a little bit for it. And I guess that's that's my thought. My thought well, is that. OK, is that here's here's I think the great difference. Um, and I think Wizard Wars ultimately might suffer from that fatigue first just because what Wizard Wars is asking you doing on the surface seems like something that's going to keep it fresh. It's like, oh, you don't know what you're walking into. Well, the flip side of that is I think there's way fewer 
magicians who are prepared for that situation and who can who can who can present themselves you know even even at a competitive level in that whereas pen and tellers fool us is all you need is one trick one magician fooling trick and and the one thing that magic clubs across america do is force magicians to come up with tricks to fool other magicians you know that 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 club magic that magician fooler is its own kind of magic and there's i think there's a lot more of that going on than there are guys sitting down looking at a box of spare parts going okay how am i going to make a routine out of you know rice aroni and um you know dryer parts so so i th- i think that you know pen and teller's fools actually has a, a pretty it has a pretty deep well if if uh if it goes on beyond the season just because you know you don't need a you don't need a good polished routine you don't need you don't need a strong 15 minutes you need one trick and there's lots of guys out there with one trick i mean it's true but i i, I do think that there is this is not an elastic industry you know, like I mean, or, or 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 as elastic as as I think we might we might think. You know, there it is. It is still a a niche of a, of a niche, and to be at the top of that, ready for the camera, because like you're not just trying to fool the five guys at your magic club. You know. You're trying to present a camera-ready, television-ready, compelling visual magic trick. Like, that also happens to be able to fool Penn and Teller, right? That's incredibly difficult. Now, it might be easy to think about, but it's, I mean, you can't just do the card trick that makes the person at your magic club think that you did it a different way. Well, you know, you know that's that's funny because that's what I think the weakness of Fool Us was. Personally, when I watch it, there there were definitely things on there that, that that I thought like I wouldn't have put on television if I was making a magic special because it was just too small and too um, too live oriented. So that that was something that that they weren't afraid to um throw out there in the first series i wonder if it'll be like that the second because because i can think of a couple performances off my uh, off the top of my head where i was just like all right that was very strong in the in the competitive aspect of it um in front of penitent but like you know i I was bored (laughs) i was like i'm not i don't want to watch it yeah and and i don't want to and i yeah and 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 i don't necessarily yeah and Uh, and you don't have you don't care about you know you don't you're not begging for audience votes on fool us either so you know i I don't know i don't know uh all right so magic television i think magic television i agree with you magic television continues to be the big story because it's going to be uh, now uh, on on the flip side now let me let me tell you the other side of my argument right because i don't think it's a negative argument i think it's a positive argument for magicians there's never been an easier path to magic television than there will exist in 2015 um, I disagree. 
I, well, why are you so disagreeable on this podcast, Michael? Because, because I'm cranky and I'm tired. I told you that before we started, man. Well, all right. Then what? Well, how do you disagree? Here's, here's why I disagree. Now, none of us remember it, <laughs> but... But just going back, doing the research that I do for the, like the articles, you know, uh-huh. the history articles and everything, has made me realize that, man, when television blew up, when in the 50s, when te- television was over there, every, every city that had television channels had a local magic show, it seems okay, like. Okay, then allow me to rephrase. So, so, so I, think, I think there was a, a huge thing there. But there, in, our, I- in our lifetimes... Totally there has right. never been an easier path to nationally available magic television. Is that safe to say? Um, I, like I said, I'm even going to defer to that that those early years of television. You know, four things, and they were all controlled out of New York City. Exactly. No, dude, that's impossible. Dude. Impossible. But but you got to remember, there's so, more opportunities to do it now. There's more channels to put it on. But true, 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 all true, all true. But um, they just chewed through magicians like nobody's business back in the day. I mean, you know, there were so many variety shows. And, and that's the thing. There were so many. I mean, so many guys had their own shows locally, but then there were just so many variety shows that were out there that were just that needed new acts all the time. You know, so I, I think I think really early on, it, okay. it, it was it was a good deal. Not since the birth of television. Now we can agree. As easy to get on nationally available television. Yes, that I'll agree Not with. Since the birth of the medium has it been so easy to get on nationally available television. Yes. Yes. There's an agreement. That I'll agree with. There we go. And, uh, you know, so where that goes, eh, we'll have to see. You know? Listen, um, if you're hungry, now's the time to go, man. Now's the time to go out there and, 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 and get your face on television because it's always better to have your face on television if you want to go forward with anything. You want to get better college gigs? Get your face on television. You want to be able to book more corporate stuff? Get your face on television. You want to be on television? Get your face on television. The easiest way to get a television show is to have a, already had a television show. So uh, this is, I think, a, a tremendous year. You're going to see a lot of guys that uh, you know have, have kind of come up and been around and, and people have, have known about maybe younger guys uh, that, that you've seen grow up, uh, you know, through sites like, like iTrix, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the oft sort of, uh, you know, when, when I was running things, people like to, to be, uh, you know, jerks and, and kind of disregard kids on, on the, the theory 11s and, and Dan and Dave, uh, you know, sites of the world on those message boards. I think all those kids, you know, and, and all those those uh, th- those people, like now's the time. Now's when you polish up your stuff and you really show people what you got because th- there's there's a a huge opportunity in 2015. Yes, definitely, and you know, I, there might even be a bigger opportunity in 2016. Um, if if variety, I kind of think variety shows are going to take off. I've been predicting that for a while. Um, I think I think if 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 NPH's show goes, I think we'll see more of them because they're cheap, 
and in America, we're kind of getting sick of reality shows. Um, and I, I will bet against variety shows. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you look at television. I'm telling you that there, there's a need for cheap entertainment. Um, that that these that, that, that doesn't that, mean that people watch it, and that's ultimately like that's one half of that vector. It's cheap, but cheap and unwatched is as bad as is only slightly less bad than expensive and unwatched. True, but you know, I I don't know. I, I'm telling you, don't be surprised if there's there's a couple more. Now maybe. You know, uh, uh, ratings in general are, are falling, and maybe it gets to a point where, you know, a variety show, uh, the rating that used to be bad for a variety show is now a good rating. And if that's the case, then, yeah, no, I, I could see you. I, I could see your prediction coming true. Well, you know, and so many of the reality shows have been almost variety shows. I mean, America's Got Talent is a, basically a variety show, you know, but, but the fact that so many of the other reality shows are singing competitions or dance competitions where you know you're going to see singer singers you know you're going to see you're not watching one person perform for an hour you're watching a whole bunch of people perform different things and you know i i think i think that that seed is there to possibly sprout up plus you know we're turning more and more to what what works in foreign markets you know we're seeing a lot of shows coming from south america from mexico you know um, Jane the Virgin, Mysteries of Laura, uh, things like that. Uh, shows coming from England. All of those places have big variety shows. Yeah. You know? I mean, dude, America's crying out for an English language Sabato Gigante. It's crying out. Maybe not. I'm crying out for that. For Sabato Gigante? I love that show, man. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. God Francisco is a pimp. That's all, <laughs> all I'm going to say. Listen, could put that on a bumper sticker. Oh, um, but, you, you know, uh, and, and if we kind of slip towards that realm um, and as we're seeing some like like the nighttime talk shows also evolving, you know, Fallon is very much an older style of talk show than has been around the last few years where it has been. You know, guest, guest, musical performance or comedian. Um, yeah. Usually a musical performance. And, you know, and, and he's, you know, playing games and, and doing dumb stuff. And, you know, as, as, as we're, we're, we're seeing that kind of slip back. So I think there's going to be more opportunity, even if there aren't some of these magic shows, I think there's still going to be opportunity now because of this year for a good couple of years on television. So there. Well. I I, 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 I I defer to you. Dude, we've just uh, gone on like crazy. I think it's probably time to wrap this uh, this last podcast of 2014 up. Do you uh, one last question for you, man? What uh, what are your plans for 2015? Do you do you do you I mean, just in any way you got resolutions, you got goals, you're going to climb Mount Everest. You know, I've I've tried. Uh, you know, last year I made a bunch of goals, and and uh, and then things kind of radically sort of changed in terms of the podcasting stuff. But uh, you know, I think another year of of hopefully making a lot of rad stuff that that people like. You know, I and mean, hopefully people like. Who knows? Maybe they they'll all think it's garbage. But uh, 
But I don't know. You know, more more stuff. More, more, more. That's what I like. There you go. Just mass quantities. Well, you know, just, you know, new, better, different. All right. Um. So where can people find you, man? Justin R. Young on Twitter. That's the best. You don't have a mm-hmm. site. You don't have a. You don't have a, 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 a you know, go on, man, throw your stuff out there. Throw out some of your podcasts. Get them out there. Well, this dude, is your chance. No, yes. No, people much, People do ask, where chance. is Justin? Uh, it's fine. Find me on Twitter. Now, all the podcasts, I got a million of them. Night Attack, Weird Things, The Jury More Podcast, The Jury Podcast. Uh, uh, you know, there's just a lot. It's a lot of stuff going on. But but everything, instead of explaining everything piece by piece, it's easier if you just follow me on Twitter. Justin R. Young. Justin R. Young on Twitter. There you go. All right. Well, it's good having you back on. Thank you very much, Mike. Man, and listen, let me just say one more time. You do an amazing job on the site. You do an amazing job with the podcast. I- I'm so excited. You know, I was just looking up while we were talking – this site started in 2006, Thanksgiving 2006, with David Blaine's gyroscope stunt in uh, in, in New York City. That was the first thing that we covered, and uh, and and I'm I'm, I'm you've no idea how much it means to me that that you've done such a great job continuing it because uh, I, it would really bum me out if if Itrix was just me writing, you know, and, and and it makes me happy that you have done such a good job. Well, I, once again, I I appreciate that, and uh, and you're making me blush. So we're gonna we're gonna call it. We're gonna we're gonna say this is a podcast. No, so, yeah. uh, everybody out there, all you iTricksters, thanks for listening this year. Uh, I hope you have had a great year. Hope you are ready to capitalize on the next year and have a great 2015. So from Michael Lauk and Justin Robert Young. Have a uh, have a happy happy new year, and we will be talking to you again soon on the iTrix Magic Weekend Review. And until then, follow everything happening in the world of magic at iTrix.com.